Do you wish that all things wealth and finance were much easier to understand and not presented by a bunch of beige cardigan-wearing geeks? Welcome to the Clever Investor Podcast, where we're dishing up the easiest-to-understand finance program served in bite-sized chunks, so your brain will thank you as your knowledge grows. Hosted by the brilliant Owen Taylor, a multiple award-winning expert with a glorious knack for explaining the complex world of wealth in the simplest of ways. Hey, Clever Investors, and welcome to another show. The theme of today's show is giving us a bit of a kickstart, a bit of a reminder about the basics of what we're going to be looking at here at the Clever Investor Podcast. Now, if we define the word wealth, what it actually means is our asset base, whatever those assets are, maybe it's property, maybe it's shares, maybe it's gold. Your job is to build your asset base as large as you can with the money that you can comfortably afford and then to hold. And in the case of residential property, we always talk about holding long-term. Now, a large part of this podcast is looking at reasons and how we can invest in property. And we've got various different reasons as to why you want to do it. For some of us, it's for building wealth long-term. Uh, for some of us, we actually want to use the, the wealth that we've built in a property or a couple of properties to maybe pay off the mortgage that we have on our owner-occupied. For a lot of us, we've got the vision into the future of building a better lifestyle for some time into the future. But for a lot of people, they don't actually know why. We've got various different assets that we can invest into. You can leave your money in cash, you can buy some shares, you can buy gold, you can get cryptocurrency, or we can look at property. And within property, we've got the subcontext there. We can look at residential property, we can look at commercial property. Now, residential property is considered pretty much worldwide as one of the safest asset classes. And you don't have to just take my word on that. The Australian Financial Review's rich list is consistently filled with people whose major source of wealth is in residential property. Now, underpinning this as well is that the Australian banking system loves residential property. Why? Because they know, again, that it's such a stable asset class. In Australia, over 66% of residential properties are owner-occupied. So we've got about 30-ish percent which are held by the investors. If all of the investors got together on the same day and decided to sell all of their properties, which is a pretty remote thing to actually happen, but let's say that they did. That's only a small portion of the residential property market that has gone up for sale. So we're not looking at the market ever crashing because of what investors are actually doing. Now, it's good having a big chunk, the 66 plus percent of the residential property market being held by owner-occupiers because owner-occupiers don't tend to panic as much as a lot of investors do, mainly because they still need a place to live. They're going to stay living in their property, whether interest rates go up and down, whatever government comes into play, whatever tax rules change for the better or for the worse. So the owner-occupier part of the market gives us a great amount of stability. And we need to think about this when we're actually 
investing and what we're investing into. Ideally, it's something that would be easily looked at, acquired, desired by the owner-occupier market. Now, what you will notice is the money that we borrow for residential property, whether it's for investment or whether it's for owner-occupiers, is the cheapest money that we can buy. You look at the price of um, car finance, you look at the price for business finance and especially for these like credit cards and payday loans. They are all a lot higher than what we can get for residential property. CoreLogic tells us that we've got over $8.5 trillion of residential property within Australia. That's a good bit of security. Now, how do we do this? Well, we normally end up borrowing money. And as you can imagine, most of these residential properties have got some form of debt on it. And there's nothing wrong with that. So when we borrow money to buy an asset, we are leveraging. So we're using borrowed funds to increase the potential return of an investment. If you've got $100,000, you could, as long as you've got the good salary, go out and buy a five, maybe $600,000 property, rather than if you spend all of the years trying to save up the $500,000, the market just keeps moving ahead. So we're leveraging. We're using what we've got and we're buying a bigger asset. Leverage is the use of debt, borrowed money, in order to undertake an investment or a project. And by project, it can mean that we're developing land, that we're improving the asset that we already have as well. So the result of all of this is to multiply the potential returns from a project. Leverage will also multiply the potential downside risk in the case the investment doesn't work. You haven't put all $500,000 into it. You've put your $100,000 into it and you borrowed and hopefully you've got some kind of insurance to sort of cover you for this type of debt. Residential property allows us to maximise the leverage. It's the one asset class where we can borrow to a much higher percentage against. And the reason why the banks allow us to do this is because they understand that the risk is a lot lower in their case against residential property. What we've got to make sure and what I want you to embrace through 2023 is don't confuse having a good income now with financial independence. So don't be reliant on your job for your financial future. Now, part of securing your financial future, you've got to take a bit of a risk. Absolutely. There is a risk in everything that we do in life. You get in your car, you put a seatbelt on, and we've all got 19 airbags in our cars. They're all there, not for us to necessarily have to use on every journey, but they give us a certain amount of security. Now, some of the security that we can get when we are investing is through insurances. And we spoke to some people last year about what insurances we actually need. And we'll delve a bit deeper into that again this year. So we're looking at building insurance, income protection insurance. So if you do pass away, at least you know that the family and kids 
They're going to be well looked after. So we need to create ourselves a bit of a why. Why are we looking at doing all of this uh, investing? Why are we taking on this risk for us? And starting with the basics is actually looking at how much you want to retire, how much of an income you would actually like. As part of creating this why, I'll ask you a simple question. How much do you want as your income when you retire? I ask people this question a lot over the years. And it doesn't matter what age you are. We want to start building a plan now. A simple investment plan is to write down how much you want as an income when you retire. It's probably pretty close to the income level that you're on at the moment, but now's a chance to set that bar a little bit higher. One of my favorite quotes comes from Barry Sheen who was two times world motorcycle racing champion and also a self-made millionaire. He famously said, don't wait for your ship to come in, swim out and meet the bloody thing. So we're going to break down this year the understanding of financing, property, leveraging, insurance, how you can do this, how you can not be a victim and feel like throwing your hands up in the air. Don't give up. Don't be a defeatist. We'll go over the basics of what you need to know, what you don't need to know. I'm going to help you rise above the noise of the general media and all the doom and gloom. Remember, It's really easy to sell. It's really easy for them to get your attention when the headlines are doom and gloom. But that's not what we're all about here. We want to give you some usable knowledge and help you on your way. And if you've got a mortgage already, I'm going to show you some ways that maybe you can look at paying off that mortgage sooner, making life a little bit easier for you and your family. And if you've got kids, Or maybe we can look at giving you some tools on how you can introduce them to the investment and to the wealth creation market a lot sooner than waiting until they're in their 20s or 30s. There's going to be plenty in the media over the next couple of weeks. Uh, A lot of talk will be around the fact that uh, there's going to be what was fantastic two and three year fixed rates during the COVID period a lot of these are going to be ending uh, throughout 2023. Uh, this is an opportunity for people to uh, to reassess their, uh, their borrowings. Uh, hopefully, all of you are going to be using a mortgage broker and getting them to do all the running around for you. The media wants to pick up, though, on the doom and gloom. So you're going to – they're going to hone in on people that are in mortgage stress. Um, I'm – always interested to try and hear the backstory on these people that are in mortgage stress or claiming that they're in mortgage stress, Um, quite simply because I often wonder as to what extra debt that they've actually taken on in the background because I can guarantee when the lenders would have written that loan for them, even if it was in the height of COVID, they would have been assessing interest rates at a lot higher than what we're actually paying at the moment. And even if we do have another quarter of a percent interest rate rise at the beginning of the year, it's going to be a much higher. They would have been assessing people as if their interest rates were, you know, maybe, you know, six and a half, seven percent. So I often wonder about these other debts that people have picked up in the meantime, the the credit cards, the the, the store credits and, and such like that, which is causing them to then go 
unfortunately, uh, into a, a level of stress as we go through the year. Hopefully, we'll uh, we may be able to help some people uh, through all of this. I'm certainly going to get some of our experts back in. I've got some financial advisors and some great mortgage brokers due to come in and have a chat with us, along with the fantastic research team from Blue Wells Property, who are at my beck and call for any other stuff that we need. If you have any questions throughout the year, drop me a line at owen at thecleverinvestor.com.au. Follow us on all of our socials. Have an absolutely fantastic year, everybody. It's going to be a brilliant year because that's the way that we're just going to make it. I'll see you again next week for another edition of the Clever Investor Podcast. You have been listening to the Clever Investor Podcast, proudly sponsored this week by Blue Wealth Property. Are you ready to start a new investment journey? Get in touch with the industry leaders. Blue Wealth Property. Blue Wealth have a proven track record in using research to identify growth markets. And Blue Wealth have supported thousands of Australians to buy the right property in the right market at the right time. Go to bluewealth.com.au.